Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. Looks like tonight is gonna be another plague Where all your good intentions come crashing down on your parade Disguised as poor excuses that your promises betrayed That always seem to service only you And by tomorrow you'll be miles away from here With all your disappointments Climbing fences they can't clear Well I'm afraid that road you've taken Has been paved with volunteers Who never learn what they're not paid to do Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, 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 yeah I've heard that too Many times Yeah Pretend to feed your pain Cause they can swallow up what they can't eat right through Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, 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 yeah I've heard that too Many times Yeah, 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 yeah Shut your mouth, cause I'm not listening Ooh, is anybody out there? Is anybody hear you? Cause anyone will do And no one seems to notice So much is out of focus So much is out of tools So you better not cry Down on your parade Disguised as poor excuses That your promises betrayed That always, always service only you Better believe in something Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, 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 yeah I've heard that too Too many times Yeah, 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 yeah
shut your mouth Cause I'm not listening Well, that was the song Listening by Charlie Dog. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing this week so hey. far? Hi, Nicole. Hi. Um, so speaking of listening, I mean, great song first off. But Greg, did you have any topics that you wanted to just talk about uh, regarding the topic of listening? Yes, I, I have a lot that I'd like to talk about. Well, here here we go. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, where, where are the sound effects? Hold on. You needed we a boing go. right there. Here we go. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. Where's the boys? Where's the, where's the, oh, here we go. Here we go. Go no, ahead. Uh, um, Carl and I were having a conversation the other day, and it kind of veered off into this ether of the subject of or the topic of listening. And I, I thought, that would make a good podcast. We should shut up now, and maybe we can talk a little bit about it when Nicole's on. So... Effectively, I think that when we when we talk about how we're inspired by music and um, you know how how we inspire our, ourselves as creators, listening is huge. And I think that because we're listening from the time of quickening, you know, the first things we hear are um, the sound. Wait a minute, of, of, of quickening. What's I don't know what that means. You don't know what quickening is? So that's the uh, point at which a fetus comes into existence, I guess. Might be. I didn't didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, the first sounds we hear are our mothers. You know, that's that's our environment. And we hear the sound of her heartbeat. And we hear the sound of her breathing. And that kind of becomes our soundscape for a few months, several months. But then after that, after we're, after we're here a while, I think we start to take our listening for granted. And we just kind of get into the physical attributes of, of listening. And we don't often think about listening any other way. And so there was this little book that I found in a, in, in a, a little indie bookstore about 25 years ago. And I just picked it up on a whim, and the title was the Listening Book. And because I'm, I've always been so influenced by music. Anyway, I thought was it was it an audio book? <laughs> no, it was not actually. I, I guess that's, uh, I, I guess that's. What so basically, it's about. the reading book. <laughs> the Listening Book. It's it, the title is the Listening Book: Discovering Your Own Music, and it's by uh, the author is W. A. Matthew. Okay. M a t h i e u and so what was the it's a, it, revelation? Well, uh, Mr. Machu is uh, an accomplished musician. Okay. Um, he's an instructor, and he took it upon himself to kind of give somebody a, a little book or, or or give people a little book how they might rediscover the power of listening and use it as a as a tool for self discovery and personal transformation not to jump jump in but i think a lot of people hear today like they hear what people say i don't think a lot of people really actively listen to anybody yeah you know, they they we hear each other you know i think a lot of times people in conversation are not even really paying attention they're just waiting for the that break in the conversation so they can talk so sort of they, like this podcast well, right, well right. so fun fact um 
well, Carl, you know this, and Greg, I'm pretty sure you know this, but I'm a certified um, business coach and certified life coach. And one of the things that they actually have us do during training is learn the three levels of listening and how to apply each to certain situations based off of what's going on in the conversation. Um, And Carl, what you're talking about is actually subjective listening, where people are basically just listening to the speaker to then get ready to answer based off of how they feel as opposed to actually listening and having value given back to the speaker. Um, And that's really where our society is at right now. Most people don't care what someone else is saying until they're able to express their own opinion on it. I have this guy. This is one of my stupid stories. But there was this guy when I used to bartend years and years ago. His name was Matt. And he used to, I used to call him the guy of, yeah, but what we were saying before. So we, we, what Matt would do, we'd have a conversation with five guys and let's say we're talking about like um, David Bowie or something. Then like, but then like, you know, and he tries to, wants to say something, but then the conversation moves on, moves on. And then it's like, it's, it's 20 minutes later. He'll finally interject. Well, getting back to David Bowie, you know, <laughs> he just want to say what he had to say, whether it's relevant to the conversation or not. He just needed to say what he wanted to say because he's really not listening. He just wants to talk. So I think that's kind of what a lot of people do today. Enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- what's what's cool about this little book is that, well, there's a lot surrounding, there's a, lo- a lot of serendipity associated with this book, me picking it up all those years ago. And uh, it, I think on one of the podcasts, or, or maybe it was a webinar that we did, I said, uh, yeah, send some people over because I got to clean the garage. Well, after 25 years, I'm cleaning the garage and I find I find this little book. And then completely serendipitously, you and I have this conversation about listening. Right, right. And so I thought, well, we'll just, we'll, we'll pull all Did, did I, did I cut you together. off, Nicole, though? No, I was done, you, speak- you, I was you, done you speaking. Talk- you, you were talking about the three stages of listening. Yeah, I think, well, even in acting, I know we're jumping all over the place, but they say that to be a good actor, basically what you need to be able to do is to be a good listener. And just basically, or even to be a good conversationalist, it, you know, to be a good conversationalist, one of the the best traits is to be able to listen to what the person is saying to you and just respond. And that's it. You know, if you really listen and just respond to what they're saying, you can, you, your conversation can really flow and people will love talking with you. I think we've gone down the road of listening as part of communication, which is certainly part of it, but this book is is surrounded by the idea of sound uh, and, you know, sound and then music and then kind of... Um, I had this guy, a Nashville songwriter, life. a Nashville songwriter who, who said his grandfather used to always tell him, you know, Johnny, you know what your problem is? You're always on broadcast. Sometimes you just got to stop broadcasting and maybe start receiving. <laughs> Exactly. I was just going to say, Greg, I think where you're coming from too is the way that we are all programmed now is we're not programmed to actually stop and just listen. No, we're programmed to, not. we're programmed to just go and go and go and go, whether that's talking or doing task work or uh, making sure that we're accomplishing things instead of just stopping and listening to what's going on around us, whether that's the lawnmower that's outside or the white noise that you're, you know, baby's listening to while you're trying to get things accomplished and just kind of take in what's going on around you. Yeah, the, absolutely. The author calls that the symphony of place. 
It's really cool. I mean, this is a very little kind of mindful Zen book. I highly recommend it to everybody that's out there, you know, like trying to live a full creative life. He, he said, I wrote it because I want to awaken our ability to listen. You know, I want I want it to be a reset. All kinds of tons of little, little experiments or little uh, practices that, you know, they kind of, they sound silly when you describe them, but if you'll actually take the time to do them, it's really cool. It's a great experience. He talks about listening on the horizon, which, uh, like you say, you know, if you're in a particular place and, you know, you take in how much sensory input as far as sound is concerned is in that place. He's talking about envisioning the horizon and at the point at which you stop seeing, he's saying, you know, tune your ear to that horizon and see how much you can hear. Now you're kind of like, you know, moving into meditation in a way, like, mm-hmm. basically. like you know, well, just, absolutely. and also what are you listening to too? It doesn't have to be outside of you. I think another thing too, we, we don't do as a, as humans, we don't listen to ourselves. We don't listen within. We don't pay attention to ourselves. You know, you know, I think a lot of us are brighter than we even realize, but we're too busy. I don't know what, you know, Spinning on the hamster wheel trying to do something for someone else. Not really really paying attention. So what you're talking about besides the inner voice is also your inner intuition, um, which everyone has, but most people just choose to ignore it. Um, And it's something that helps guide you in situations to make sure that you're making the right decision for yourself as opposed to making a decision that may be better for other people. And a lot of the times when things go potentially go wrong in your life or potentially happen that are outside of your control, a lot of the times it leads back to not necessarily listening to that inner gut punch or that inner voice, um, being able to help direct you in the way that you know instinctively is going to be better for you. And I think from a music perspective to kind of maybe add some of that in here, um, I think artists could really benefit by, by one, kind of doing, Greg, what you were saying, kind of listening to all of the sounds around them, maybe before they get into a co-writing session or before they go on stage or whatnot to help ground them and and really maybe guide them in, in, in what they're doing. But also kind of, Carl, what you said, also tapping into that inner voice to to make sure that what they're doing is truly what they want to do and, and what's going to be best for them. I think all writing is is the inner voice. I don't think anybody, I'm sorry, any really great artist, I you know, I make one of my pronouncements where, you know, emphatically, you know, I always say this kind of stuff, but I think all great artists, it's their inner voice. I think what gets in the way of great art is is our conscious mind, you know, when we're thinking about it. I think we should listen to our inner voice and that's where the art comes from. Yeah, when you do that internal listening, I mean, he talks about that in the book. He, he talks about, you know, that thought is actually kind of the the enemy of of listening and it's the enemy of that that discourse inside our heads is actually the enemy of also what is perfect and what is perfect is actually silence i i i love those moments like three o'clock on a on a saturday afternoon sitting on my bed before i'm doing something and the sun comes in the window and there's a moment where i'm not doing anything and i got to do something a little bit later but there's that like 10 minutes i'm sitting in the chair yeah i'm in a moment of nothingness and it's like and it's it's amazing. Now we're getting kind of cosmic. But. He says, yeah, but, you know, I mean, that's what this little book is about. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's 165 pages. And 
it's divided into a number of chapters and literally most of these chapters are two or three pages long they're just little thoughts associated with you know kind of resetting kind of you know and then there's a lot about sound there's a lot about tone and pressure and most importantly resonance which is you know the resonance is the glue that makes all this perceptible in the first place and Everything on the planet has a resonant frequency and it will resonate at a particular frequency. So he talks about how we can be cognizant of that and that helps us tune our ears more too. I have a good idea just to, to break up the, the talking for right now. Why don't we take another nice track from a pod, you know, podcast music um, catalog, a nice little interlude and then we'll come back to this. And everyone can practice their listening. Right. Okay. So talk to you in a little bit.
Okay, so that was a nice little piece of music. So uh, so where were we, Greg? What were we talking about? I don't know where we were. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. Um, yeah, I, I just think we, we were talking during the uh, little break there about the idea that uh, this stuff is super interesting to me. I don't know that other people would find it as interesting. But, uh, for example, this little book, he lists 20 things, 20 sounds to quotes get lost in. And one that struck me in particular is he says, um, listen to hammers at a construction site. Listen for the polyrhythms that are created by the various hammers. And so that struck me as incredibly musical. And I, I do that all the time. I mean, I, I hear rhythm in this kind of symphony of place all the time. And um, I thought that was I thought that was cool. Well, it's funny you say that. I, I live in Manhattan, okay? And we have, every so often, there's a jackhammer, there's a something going on that's... And what I've learned to do is, is my new motto about life, just steer into the skid. You know, instead of like, you know, being upset by the noise, I try to in, embrace it. Is that kind of what you're talking about, I yep, think, right? Absolutely. And, and by embracing it, you kind of diffuse it. You're literally talking about, you know, like the, both the physical and the... And, and the spiritual, because there are a lot of sounds that to the human ear are not pleasurable. And yet he suggests, the author suggests that you can teach yourself to hear beyond the displeasure. And you could actually, I mean, that's what dissonance is about. So, I mean, there are people that really like dissonant sounds and dissonant music, but it's because they've had more exposure to them typically. You know what I love too? I just going back. I love that term, the quickening. To me, that's like a, a song title. That's like this. I still think I'm waiting for my quickening. <laughs> I don't know if mine kicked in yet. You mentioned Nicole earlier. Maybe if we, if people have stuck with us with this weird little episode this long, uh, maybe we should provide some value and talk about listening as it relates to musicians, listening as it relates to singers, songwriters. I think the the advantage of kind of doing a reset on the way you listen, it's particularly important in practice. You know, now whether or not you're the kind of musician that uh, has a regime or feels as if practice is your holy space, uh, I don't know, but well, just just from being an artist, being in, being in a band, being in the band, being in the moment, listening. You know, the drummer and the bass player in sync because you're paying attention, you're listening to each other, you're together. That's listening. That's kind of what we're talking about. Did I tell you guys the story in another podcast about my experience working with that young band, where they were really great players, and they they were up on a stage, and the the guy that was doing the school invited me to come and give them some feedback. And I walked up on stage. It was really a wonderful moment for me because it occurred to me that they weren't listening to one another. So I said, hey, guys, let's play it one more time. But if I tap you on the shoulder, you drop out. It was incredible because I would walk around, you know, they would be going through this tune and then I'd tap on the bass player's shoulder and he would drop out. And then I'd tap on the drummer's shoulder and he would drop out. It was incredible to see that 
for the first time, probably since they'd been a band, they were listening to the others play. And, you know, everybody was so gung-ho on what they were doing, putting the music out there and concentrating on their playing. Exactly. So it's probably the first time they'd ever heard their band. So right. after we, after they were done going through the tune the second time, I said, all right, now let's all play it one more time. And everybody listened. And it was incredible the difference between Notice performances, the right? Yeah, it was just the main takeaway from this little book on listening is that how important silence is, and I think that's actually for musicians. It's a great interview with like Heifetz, the, the great violinist, Isaac Stern, right? Isaac, Isaac Stern, you're right, Isaac Stern, and he asked him like, "What makes music beautiful? Is it the notes?" And he says, "No." It's the space between the notes. The infinitesimal silence. Yeah, exactly. And so when you stop and then when you start again in that millisecond, that's actually when you connect all those starts and stops together, that's actually, that's the person's style. Exactly. And he did an example of like over the rainbow. He went, like really just like real quick old notes shift together, kind of like, sucked you know and then he played it with feel and he was his approach to the note and that created the beauty so it was the space in between the notes the silence the anticipation of what's coming like so even though it doesn't seem directly something to do with music what we're talking about i think it has everything to do with what with music well and i think too you're not just talking about silence when it comes to music, but as an artist, being comfortable with just sitting in the silence to see how that also helps the creative process. Because I think as a society now, silence is not something that people are comfortable with and just not having something to do or just sitting there for five minutes to tap into your inner voice or tap into what's going on around you is not a habit that people are used to. But it can have so much impact on the creative process and even help kind of bring ideas to the forefront that maybe wouldn't have been there if you didn't just sit in the silence that's around you. I blame MTV. <laughs> I blame the 80s. I remember I remember when I was a kid, I used to go to a ball game. And what I loved about a ball game was this quietness of it, sitting there, the, just the green, the air. Nowadays, you ever go to a game now? It's loud. I, I feel like I'm in a pinball machine. Like, bing, boing, Harry, organs, wah, wah. Every other two seconds, like, has our attention span gotten so ridiculous that we have to be entertained every second of every moment must be filled up with some kind of utterance or noise or explosion? Like, why can't we just enjoy the quietness of what, I don't well, know. I, I think that the way that things have evolved over time, people just don't know what silence is anymore. There are so many things that can hold our attention between the streaming services and the ball games and the movies and the this and the that, that people just don't understand that there's still beauty in just sitting in silence and having nothing to do. People just don't know that anymore because there's always something to do in front of them. Well, technically, according to Mr. Matthew, the author, technically silence doesn't exist in a physical world. So he calls it, he's got this wonderful phrase. He calls it the empty perfection. I gotta get this book. I think we're gonna get this book. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, this book was, is just, just wonderful. Yeah, he says that as a musician setting up your practice space or your, you know, your soundscape, if you'll approach it in that way and if you'll take notice the lack of sound uh, and you lean towards this silence, he says that you stop hearing with your ears alone. 
and that you are actually able to kind of pinpoint that place in creativity where you're listening to more. You're listening to that voice that... You know what that is? As a musician, how I think that is, it's like one thing I noticed when I ever played with bands or listening drummers for say, if a drummer's got to count, if they're going... He ain't the drummer for me. You got to feel it. You sense it. it right. I think where we're listening transcends. You're so in tune. You're so in it. You're listening. It goes beyond hearing. Is that what you're kind of talking about? Yeah, exactly. And he's, you know, like the leaning in or or laying back or, you know, if, if everybody perceives something to be in the pocket, you know, it's really kind of an well, amalgamation that's, me, that's of everybody's what, skill. That's what know? kind of jazz is. And that's like the problem with, with some, you know, jazz or some of that kind of really progressive or avant-garde music. I think it's kind of almost a performance art where it's great if you're doing it, but sometimes it's hard to watch because you're not in it. You know, you're, you're experiencing it, but the real experience is, is, is doing it. And you got these, some of these guys, man, I've gone to some of these jazz clubs where like they're in it. It's kind of incredible. And that's what I think, you know, is what we're talking about. That's intense listening. It's beyond listening. It's just, I don't know. It's One of our favorite things, I used to play in uh, some jazz combos when I was a kid. And uh, we had this really uh, accomplished teacher. His name was Jamie Abersole, if anybody ever wanted to look it up. He's a very cool guy and a, a, a really world-class instructor. And... Once in a blue moon, he would say, okay, we're playing free today. Essentially what that meant was there were no charts. Everybody got to kind of express themselves on their instrument as they saw fit. And it was loads of fun. And you would find yourself actually listening more when everyone was playing a quotes free tune or playing free than when, you know, everybody had charts in front of them and, and yeah. they were just, you know, trying and, to... And, and those kind of jams, you know, a lot of times, you know, it gets, everyone's just trying to fit in, but then I find that when you do those, and there's a lot of nonsense, a lot of like, you know, competition going on, but there's sometimes you fall into these moments during those things. Exactly. Little sessions where everyone's just in tune and just like, you hit something, it's transcendent. So yeah, so listening and I mean, being a musician are like, they're really connected. I don't it's, think it's boring. No. I like talking about this stuff and, you know, but- um, I don't think it's boring at all. I think it's a, it's a skill that everyone needs to kind of be a little bit more aware of and practice. Cause that's the thing is listening is not just something that we're born with, but it's a skill that we always have to be mindful of and we always have to practice it and we always have to figure out how to get better at it if we if we want to do the things that we know we're capable of in a co-write or writing i don't know about anyone else but usually when i'm writing we're writing and i'm stumped what do you do you stop and you sit there for a minute and be quiet that's usually what people do you're like ah. yep be still and, and no. You be still and then and a lot of times something comes, you know? And in that stillness is like, you know, I don't know. So our conversation last week was we we went from this to then like kind of the from the physical sound realm to spirituality. And it, it it's fascinating all the uh all the analogies or all the serendipity. I mean and we were Nicole, we were talking about this concept of um I don't know how it came up, but the concept of prayer came up. Mm-hmm. And somebody recently, I don't know where I'm getting all these great books, but... Uh, your garage, you clean yeah. out your garage. <laughs> I have a wonderful cousin that sent me a book out of the blue, and it's called The Whisper. And mm-hmm. the concept behind it is that, you know, people spend their whole lives praying to God, 
And they get caught up in the thought and the praying when in reality, and, and sometimes they wonder why they're not hearing God react. Well, the author of this book, The Whisper, basically says that God speaks constantly. It's just that we don't know how to listen. So he says prayer, the core of prayer is not praying but listening. I've heard of this book before. I have not read it, but I have heard. It's not just the listening for it, but it's also kind of taking the listening and seeing what's happening around you and seeing what's going on and how that kind of action is going to show you what God is doing to be able to either answer your prayers or at least guide you in the direction that he would like to guide you in. So. You know, as a, as a performer, and I, I went from being in bands a long time, which is easy to like play. When you're in a club, you got amplifiers and drums and keyboards and, you know, guitars, and you can overpower and the PA overpower the audience and you're louder than them. But then I, I got, you know, into the solo acoustic thing I started doing, you know, in, in the 90s. And, and that's a whole different kind of experience, especially up here in New York. You know, it's different down in Nashville where they pay attention to the songwriter. But up here, they never used to. A lot of times they would talk because you'd be too quiet, especially if you're playing ballads or soft kind of things. So your, your instinct as a performer, mine used to be to just when someone's talking while you're playing is to play louder. You know, to play louder and try to overpower them. And that didn't work. What I found, you know, a manager at the time told me, and she was right, when those situations happen in, in, in a club, let's say you're playing with, and people are talking and doing a, uh, an acoustic tune, play softer. Well, because what you're doing is you're challenging them to listen to you now instead of trying to overpower them and have right. them listen without even asking about it. What you're doing is you're, you're challenging them to figure out how to listen to you. And, and that means that they have to lean in and they have to get closer and they have to use all of the skill that they know to figure out what you're doing. And they do. And so that, that's something for performers who play, you know, I see that now people think they got to bang the guitar louder or no, you play softer. I, that absolutely works, but I've always had an aversion to it because I had a boss that we would say behind his back, well, he low talked to me, you know, so he would be in the middle of something. And if he wanted to get his point across, he would basically lower the volume so that you would listen. More. Look at Michael Corleone in The Godfather, man. Passive aggressive. but Look at uh, Al Pacino in The Godfather. Look at how he talks. Talked. Talks very silently. All those mafia guys. You know, and believe it or talk. not, that's actually a skill that they, I mean, I'm not going to give away all of my husband's secrets, but it's a skill that they teach in order to get people to like pay attention to what you're doing. Um, it's you talk low, you kind of slink away, you, you make people curious as to what you're doing in order to get their attention. And, and instead of trying to shout and get in their face and 99% of the time it works. Yep. So I don't know. So what do you think? Anything else you want to say today or? I think we've given no, a lot. Of, I think we've we're given. Good. Yeah. I think people let's are going to start let's listening. Let's put a shout out before we go. Let's put a shout out there for um, if you have uh, been unlucky or lucky enough to hear this podcast and you enjoy it, please share it so that we can have more and more and more people quotes listening. Well, and also tag us so we know that you're listening to and sharing. We are 100% yep. open to having more conversations and getting to know our audience that listens to us each and every single week. I think to head on out of this, Carl, do you want to 
play our new full length featured intro song so that people can kind of get a feel for the entire song that we are now using for our uh, intro. So our intro and outro music is basically just the intro of one of my songs. It's called Dorothy. So I figured for this podcast, instead of just playing the little outro bit, we're going to play the whole song going out. So here it is. All right. Well, I'd like Go to ahead. try a little experiment, Carl, before you drop it in there. Go ahead. I've heard that a lot, right? So let me see if my um, meter skills are still intact. I'm going to try to count it off and then you drop it in and we'll see. We'll see if it works. One, two, three, four. One, two. Jesus on the boulevard That's gonna beg us for change I said, hey Messiah You got a minute I need to speak with you He goes, not now son I just gotta run Too many pressing more important things to do And I said, oh no, no Not again Right here in my Maybe once or twice But I don't remember a thing Cute strangers talking about some kind of paradise Guess I was joking Kind of fell out of my wings And now the wall goes up And the cave comes down Nobody's letting me in All this pressure to be beautiful Tabernacles having trouble getting thin It's like, oh no, no Let's pretend There's nothing left to discard Oh, and Donovan's been asking me Why is life so hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah Donovan's been asking Why is life so hard? Time you take to get back on your feet from your big mistake. Cause the world goes on, it just don't wait for you. Yeah, I don't know what keeps me down. I turn my head, but it just turns around. And I don't feel bad. I just don't want anybody like I, I haven't a Down to earth the other day I didn't like what I saw So I got back in my rocket ship Oh, I put the pedal to the blind It's like, oh no, no, not again Right 
So hard. 